Welcome to Building Stronger Communities, a presentation of MRB Group and our Smarter Local Gov team. MRB Group has been supporting local governments for nearly a century with engineering, architecture, and infrastructure development, and our Smarter Local Gov team has been designed to tackle community development and management challenges facing our local government partners. This podcast features conversations with professionals and community leaders sharing stories, information, and resources that come from a municipal knowledge base that's 100 years in the making. From the James R. Gresson Studio in the historic Culver Road Armory, this is Building Stronger Communities. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Building Stronger Communities and our weekly feature this week in local government. I'm Matt Horn. I'm the director of local government services at MRB Group, and I head up our Smarter Local Gov initiative, which, as you all know by now, uh, is really built to support local governments in just about anything you can think of. We've got experts from city hall, town hall, village hall, practitioners, people who've sat in your seats as city managers, village administrators, mayors, uh, you name it, planners, finance directors, all across the board. Um, So we're going to build on last week's uh, presentation on ARPA and the infrastructure bill. You know, I I pick my brain a lot and you see, you see, um, what do you, these advertisements and articles from around the the, uh, country on uh, how folks should be spending this newfound money, this ARPA and infrastructure uh, funding that's come down from uh, from the federal government. It's a once in a generation opportunity. I say that a lot. I mean, I've been working in local government for 20 years and I've never seen this much funding come down the pike in many cases directly to local governments themselves. Uh, and particularly with the passage of, of the more recent final rule on ARPA, it, it's giving you unprecedented flexibility in terms of what, uh, what you can spend these funds on. So I started thinking about communities I work in today, communities I've worked in historically, uh, and how I might advise a community on on how best to spend ARPA. So we came out of the gate, right? Um, and the federal government was pretty clear. Uh, these are the these are the straightforward things you can use ARPA for: water infrastructure, wastewater infrastructure, broadband infrastructure, cost recovery associated with you know uh, with fighting the the uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, revenue recovery uh, with respect to potentially dipping revenues. All of those are laudable things, and those are the very first things that I probably would rec- would have recommended that any local government uh, take on. Uh, but then when this additional flexibility came along, I started getting a lot of calls, like, could we use it for this? Could we use it for that? And I thought, you know, local governments who are, who are faced, you, you all are out there on the front line, mayors and managers and clerks, you're out there on the front lines and you see a, just a pile of needs in front of you and how best to sort through that pile of needs um, and really take this funding that, uh, that we don't anticipate seeing again for a very, very long time uh, and really putting it to best use. So uh, I started thinking, you know, how, how would I, uh, were I back in the city manager's chair, back in the village administrator's chair, how would I recommend to, to my city council um, to spend these funds? And for me, it came right back to uh, how I developed budgets my entire career. And that is, you know, we, we got some blocking and tackling that needs to be done. Just some really basic, straightforward things, whether it's, uh, whether it's 
mandated spending, uh, unfunded mandated spending, uh, or or whether it's you know just the the day to day operational needs. Those things always got taken care of first in my budget. What do we absolutely have to get done? Whether it's by law or just uh, as a as a matter of course in local government. And then from there, uh, and typically I think anybody who's building local government budgets out there knows that. Uh, the very small part that's left uh, is what we call discretionary funds. And so I tended to spend a lot more time thinking about that very small part, that 10 to 15% of my budget that was discretionary uh, to see how I could leverage it, how I could turn it into new revenues for the community. And in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, ARPA represents new discretionary funding. Uh, the federal government has effectively taken the shackles off and said, you all are on the ground. You know what your communities need the most. So I'm not going to tell you that if you're in a dire situation and you've, you've just got to close some uh, some budget gaps that that you shouldn't use ARPA for that. You know, it, it is what it is. You're you're on the street. You know best. But in the event that you can pull back just a little bit and say some piece of these funds, if not all of them, uh, are going to are going to be treated in that discretionary fashion. And so when I was looking at budgets and and thinking about how to spend these discretionary dollars, I really had one question on my mind. You know, how is this going to change the future financial position of my organization? Um, which is to say, are we going to be able to to drastically change course on expenses? Are we going to be able to make an investment now that's going to alter the way that our that our expenses are going to look into the future? Um, or are we going to be able to do something that's going to generate new revenues for the community into the future? It's just like your 401k. You put money in there in the hopes that at the end uh, that there's going to be more money there than when you put in. And, uh, and in many ways, the local government is just a really diverse set of investments. Uh, and, uh, and some of those investments are, are built to maintain and some of those investments should be built to enhance. So thinking through that, I thought, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting in the chair, how am I going to spend these ARPA monies? And Right out of the gate, you know, in infrastructure is a is a number one concern, right? It always has been. It's the biggest piece of your budget, whether you see it that way or not, right? Uh, it's it's very easy to go to the salary line item to uh, to big hunky um, budget chunks like public safety, which are vital, critical pieces of our uh, of our budgets and represent our day to day probably biggest chunk of uh, of funds that need to be invested year over year. Um, but infrastructure is almost a hidden cost, right? Because over the years, we've squeaked it down and squeaked it down on the maintenance side. And then we bond or borrow for the long term. And so that, that you know, multi-million dollar construction project really turns out to be, you know, maybe $100,000, $150,000 a year. So at the end of the day, all of your infrastructure investments in a given year account for a very small part of your budget. Uh, but when I call it a hidden cost, I mean, we walk over top of these pipes uh, and, uh, and, and they're just in the ground, right? And we, we don't pay much attention to them until something goes wrong. So as, as your biggest chunk, it represents your biggest risk. And um, the borrowing cost, if you've ever looked at, um, at an amortization schedule for, uh, for an infrastructure bond, you might be shocked to realize that you pay as much in interest as you do in principle uh, on a significant bond. 
And so what that means is a million dollar project could end up being a $2 million project. But you don't think of it that way, right? Because it's amortized and it's buried. So if you think about your ability to cash fund even a piece of an infrastructure project, basically every dollar you're putting into infrastructure in cash, you are effectively spending double. You're effectively getting double the results than, than you would from borrowing. Um, ARPA was clear out of the gate. It wanted you focusing on infrastructure, water, wastewater, and broadband. Those shackles are off now, and, and that means any infrastructure that you've got in front of you, streets, highways, buildings, parks, facilities, all of these things are needs. You invest, you build a new road. That afternoon, as soon as you lay that top coat on, that afternoon, that road starts degrading. So you've got this kind of constant uh, cost building mechanism out there. Uh, so you could offset it with, uh, with some of this cash from ARPA. Um, the, the current, <laughs> current price volatility aside, I know, but, uh, when I say, uh, infrastructure costs never go down, let's pray that they go down from right now, but they're probably going to level out right, uh, in the next year or two as the supply chain issues resolve. And then they're going to start going back up. They're going to start creeping back up again, um, on a, hopefully at a more reasonable pace. So if, if you invest soon as as the as this uh price volatility goes away if you invest at that point then again you're earning dollars by not delaying your investment you're able to spend more uh and get more versus spending more and getting less right um, so i would say this once in a generation infusion really means either clearing construction backlogs things that you know are sitting out there that are going to be a problem and that two years ago you were saying boy i just wish the federal government would rain down some infrastructure money on me they have so take it uh and clear those construction backlogs um, or you can use it to get ahead right a, a piece of infrastructure uh, you know this is the win-win-win a piece of infrastructure that's out there that's going to create some new development for you um and uh and so if one of those two conditions exists i know by the way i don't care who's listening to this call i know that the first exists i know that you have construction backlogs um Paying cash means getting a lot farther with them. But think as broadly as you can. You know What's going to pay off in the long run? Whether it's going to reduce your borrowing costs or give you some new economic development opportunity. Infrastructure is a great way to spend these dollars. The second piece, economic development. This is an area that's just near and dear to my heart, and you hear me talk about it lots and lots and lots. The original rules of ARPA said you could provide these funds to businesses who were struggling through the pandemic and, and to, to a whole other group of organizations who struggled through the pandemic. Um, and you had to kind of check a box. Did this, you know, did this business, uh, was this business in some way damaged by, by the pandemic? Um, now it's, it's broader, right? Um, so to the degree that your, uh, your own state will allow you to expend dollars on economic development initiatives, Every state will. It's just how you can do it. Um, so effectively, what ARPA says is if your state permits it, you're good to go. Um, and you can you can treat these dollars as you would your own local dollars in terms of how you support local businesses. 
Um, so it's a, it's a real opportunity to either, to either directly support a, a small business that's struggling or any business that's struggling, um, to support new businesses coming into your community, filling the spaces that may have been shaken out because of some, uh, because of some troubled business failures through the pandemic, um, to, to invest in public side infrastructure, you know, thinking about infrastructure in a different way now, but invest in some public side infrastructure that could support uh, the expansion or attraction of new businesses. Um, all of those things are going to be eligible. So like I say, if it was eligible, if it's eligible to be used uh, in your state uh, with local funds, it's eligible under ARPA. And so ways to extend that, ways to get more money out of that. Um, I always think about public-private partnerships and, and public nonprofit partnerships. You know, there are organizations in most of your communities who've been focusing on, whether it's downtown development, industrial development, um, other, other areas of economic development, how can you partner with them and leverage both, both of your dollars to, to really get you know, something special out of this? Uh, that said, you know, when you're investing with partners, always, always, always demand accountability, right? We want to show results because we want to be able to demonstrate to our residents, to our shareholders, our tax, our taxpayers, how we leverage this money to do something really special in the community. Set your own metrics. It doesn't have to be dollar for dollar return, but, but you know, if it's, you know, down, feet on the street, downtown vitality, um, you know, more, more traffic coming through the community, whatever, whatever your metric is for economic development, make sure you set it, make sure you agree to it with your partners and, uh, and then measure it. But, uh, but generally ARPA funds for economic development purposes can create future dollars, future revenue streams. We talked about shifting that revenue curve. Uh, and then finally, I want you to think about technology. Um, you know, whether you're a victim of what they're calling the great resignation, where people are just leaving organizations in droves, um, or you've been short-staffed all along, which has kind of been the case for most local governments, technology can serve as what I call a force multiplier, which is to say it can take the number of people that you traditionally would need to deliver a set of services and reduce it um, or enhance the value of things you can deliver with the same number of people. Uh, the if the right piece of technology in the right place in your organization implemented in the right way can really change the trajectory of your costs. Um, it can, it can particularly when it can serve as, as staff replacement or, uh, or, uh, as a replacement for staff expansion. Uh, staffing is expensive period. Um, and we want to be able to, to, to deliver, you know, that human touch with our services, absolutely. But we also want to be smart about where we put those people. Um, we can invest much more in those people who, who deliver that human touch if we can take some of this back-end operation uh, and, and, and leverage technology to get there. Um, so when you're thinking about technology, though, you want to do a full assessment of your organization, top to bottom. What is critical to have a human standing there, a smiling face standing there? Um, and what isn't? And uh, where do you have pinch points today, particularly on that back end, particularly on the administrative side? Where are your pinch points? Um, and where will they be tomorrow? What do you see coming? What does the data tell you about um, who's getting more work on their plate? It's churning out slower because it's just difficult to keep up. How can technology address those issues? Um, just like economic development, partners are always critical. You can bring in partners to help you with that assessment, to really think through how technology 
um, can support your organization to think through implementation, how, how this stuff actually gets done and, and is up and activated. Uh, spoiler alert, this does not have to be the vendor. Don't get lured in by some kind of free assessment. Or if you do, don't feel like now because they gave me the assessment, now I have to, um, I have to engage with them. They, they gave up something, now I should. When the match is there, awesome. When that works out, perfect, beautiful. But don't feel obligated by that. Um, find a partner who can help you think through this and then, you know, and then procure the solution on your own or, or in partnership with someone else. Um, and then lastly, I'd say involve your whole team in implementation. Anybody that this piece of technology is going to touch needs to be involved in that discussion. Um, it, this builds in program champions, right? We've, we've all implemented something, whether it's a piece of technology or a program or a change in the way we deliver services. And sitting in a mayor seat or a manager seat, we say, well, I just know this is going to work. I just know how, how this can work. And so you push it down from on high. The best of us have done it. Um, and we, we all know it, it hasn't worked as well as when we brought some people around the table, as many people around the table as possible to have that conversation. To the degree that this is going to affect an external set of stakeholders, bring some of those folks in too if need be. Uh, it just makes implementation that much smoother. People will use the technology if they feel like they were part of the solution. So those are three big things I'd say that, that ARPA can be supportive of right now that can change your cost and revenue trajectories, can make your community feel different and run more efficiently. Uh, and and uh, we're hopeful that, uh, that this information has given you some ideas about how your organization can be supported more creatively with ARPA. So as always, if you get hung up on any of this, if, you, if, if it sparked an idea and you just want to talk it through, I'm happy to do that. You can always reach me at matt, M-A-T-T dot horn, H-O-R-N, at mrbgroup.com. Check out our website, mrbgroup.com. It's uh, got a good overview of our team and our, and our services. Uh, but even if you don't see something on there uh, and, and your organization needs help with it, chances are we got somebody here um, who's, who's wrestled with it the same as you are. So uh, really look forward to talking with you more and to helping you think through how to spend this uh, once in a lifetime, how to invest this once in a lifetime uh, infusion of capital. So thanks for being here and looking forward to talking to you next week on This Week in Local Government and Building Stronger Communities. Building Stronger Communities is a collaboration between MRB Group and FingerLakesOne.com. To learn more, visit www.smarterlocalgov.com and check out archived episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Look for links to all those locations in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.